Uh, welcome to Waypoint. My name is Blair. I'm glad you're here. We're starting a new series this week. Uh, it's, a, it's a series about the forces that flow into your life that shape you. Um, may, maybe you're aware of what those forces are and you're trying to be careful with how that happens. I think there's a whole group of us who aren't even really aware of what takes place. Even if, even if you're aware of what those forces are, what can happen in our lives is that they have this powerful ability to shape what's normal for us, to determine what's normal in our lives. And so they shape those and then we go about living out values that we think are normal, that are right and good, and, and maybe they're not the best. You, you can find yourself living an entire lifetime where you never stop and ask, is this healthy? Not is it natural to me, because you're doing it because it feels natural, not if it's normal, somewhere along the lines, you pick that up as normal, but is it, is it healthy? This is us as a statement. It's about complex people who are shaped by complex forces. But sometimes this is us becomes a statement of resignation. It's almost a statement that, you know what, I, I'm doomed to live these values out. I've tried to change. I can't. It's hard. This, this is who I am, and it feels like you're stuck. Now, we could spend a whole bunch of time looking at the forces that are shaping you, but honestly, you don't have very much control over those. What you do have some control over is your response to the forces that flow into your life. And that's, that's what we're going to spend the next five weeks on. There are some pretty common responses that we have that we could steer differently. This morning as we get started, um, I want you to listen to a song that talks about that kind of wrestling that we go through when we realize, man, we're being shaped from the outside, and maybe we want to do something about it, but it can be difficult. I want to see if you identify with this song at all. Check this out. If you're not awake now, I don't know what to do for you. Uh, when we picked that song, I was hoping that maybe you would identify with it, and what I found really super annoying was how much I identified with that song. Uh, I, I look back on my life, and I could, I could see um, times where I was trying to change something with uh, maybe anger or an attitude I had or an insecurity or something that was going on. Yeah, that works. Yeah, maybe a little further over in the light that way. No, the other way. Yeah, there you go. I don't want it close to me. You'll see why soon. And... Um, and the thing that um, kind of bugged me was that I, I, was, I was trying to make a change, like, like one that I'm trying to do right now, is apparently, I've known this for a while, but I'm actually trying to do something about it. A apparently it matters to my wife what tone of voice I use and how much sarcasm I deliver my words with. And so I, I've decided, okay, I'm going to do something about it because I've known for a while that this matters to her. And it doesn't matter what the topic was that I would just talk about. I, I would attempt and then fail at that. And um, from my perspective, I've identified a couple things that, for the reason why I fail. One of them I, I call the perfect storm, right? 
So I, I can think of times where I was trying to do better with my anger, how I responded in that sort of way. And, and then somebody said something at that specific time about a specific thing, and I was tired, so what do you expect? Of course I was going to be angry, right? Of course I would respond that way. Or I was trying to not live in light of an insecurity that I have, but somebody made a comment, and it recalled something from 20 years ago, and Tracy said something this morning. Was she trying to say that too? And all of a sudden, the insecurity just explodes in my brain, and there I am living with it, with it again. Or, or I'm, trying to, I'm trying to talk with a different tone of voice, but she says that thing on an issue she knows I care about, what did she expect, right? And I use external reasons to excuse an internal choice. And I just call it the perfect storm. It was the perfect storm. That's why I responded that way. The, the second thing, it's sometimes a perfect storm for me, and the second thing was what that song was talking about. That AJR song called Weak, where he said, listen, sometimes... I'm just weak. Uh, but, but the terrible part of that song, I don't know if you heard that, is that sometimes we make the choice because we, we really like it. And that's been, that's kind of been a story for me. I liked responding with that anger. I thought the insecurity that I was wrestling with had a ring of truth to it, so I should believe it. That sarcasm that I like to use is natural for me. Why in the world can't I speak to her that way? It's just who I am. And so I had this pattern where I was locked in, talking a certain way, communicating a certain way. The problem that takes place, whether it's perfect storm or whether I say it's because I'm weak, is I found that when I identify one of those reasons as, as to why I'm acting that way, it eats away at my resolve to change. I almost feel like I, I can't. And it's, it's kind of become a joke in our culture where if what we're talking about is diet and exercise, we can all laugh about that. I try to change, I can. I'm still going to eat a lot and I don't exercise, right? I mean, this is the kind of stuff that we joke about. It's not as funny when it's about an attitude that you have or an emotional response that's natural to you. It's not, it's not that funny when for you, it's, a, it's about the amount of alcohol that you consume that starts to control you or drugs or pornography. And all of a sudden, these patterns that you feel caught in, that you have believed were normal, and are now you're, you're trying to kick against, they start to mess with you, and you don't know how you can get out of it. It's not funny anymore. It's not a joke. See, the beautiful thing is, when you had that, that sense that I need to do something about this, that was probably a moment of clarity where God came to you and said, listen, this thing that you've got going on in your life, it's causing a problem for you. And, and you identified it, and you set off to do something about it. I set off to change the way I would speak to my wife. And then what I found was that there's a cycle in place 
where I just kind of followed a cycle, a pattern of living that I have. And what I became to realize was that a lot of forces had created a sense of what was normal for me. And based on what was normal, I had started to follow certain patterns in my life that created habits. And the habits that I have are just things that I now do without ever, I don't even think about it. I don't even stop to consider it. I just do it. There was a line in that song that I love. I love that line. He said, I have a habit and it holds me like a grudge. Have you ever held a grudge? I've had, I've had Tracy do some things that I didn't like at times. And I decided to hold that against her. And I held that in my heart against her and because I, I didn't like that thing. But what happened over time was it wasn't just the thing that I started to dislike. I started to dislike her. Disliked her for doing that. And when I realized, oh, I don't like the disconnection that this is causing between us, and I went to change that, I realized that the grudge wasn't just something I was holding, but it was holding me. Like it held me in that place to feel that way against her. And habits work the same way. You form a habit. You, you form this pattern based on what you think is normal. And before you know it, you start living held by that habit. You start repeating stuff that you don't even think about. And you just live based on values you never even consider Never even stop to ask, is this healthy? In the TV show, This Is Us, there's actually a scene in the show uh, that, that shows this unfolding in somebody's life. It shows, it shows um, what happens when they start giving their lives over to drugs. And what's fascinating about this scene is not a single word is spoken. And yet you can see the progression of what's happening as this thing forms a habit in his life and then the habit holds him. I want you to check this out. Catch a boat to England, baby, maybe to Spain. Wherever I have gone, wherever I've been and gone, wherever I have gone, the blues are all the same. Send out for whiskey, baby, send out for gin. Me and room service, honey. Me and room service, babe. Me and room service, well, we're living a life of sin. Catch a boat to England, baby, maybe to Spain. Wherever I have gone, wherever I've been and gone, wherever I have gone, the blues are all the same. One of the reasons I've liked the show, I think the acting is really great, 
you can see the pain on his face as he considers that he's now got himself into a hole where he's, he's got a habit that holds him, and now he's carrying a responsibility, and what does he do with this? And uh, spoiler alert, um, the fire company that you see out that bus window, he leaves that baby at, that starts a, um, a whole shift of things that happens in everybody's lives out of his decision because his habit wasn't just something he had anymore, it was holding him. And it caused him to think, this is the best I can do, there's no way I could do well with this baby. And I, I think sometimes um, we, we find ourselves in similar, maybe not that extreme, but we find ourselves having gone through some stuff where forces have shaped habits and now habits are holding us. And the question is, what do we do about it? How, how do we stand up against that? How do we find out what's really normal, what's not normal? It reminds me of a section of scripture where um, Paul was talking with a church that he was really familiar with. It's a small church in Corinth. He had planted the church. He had relationships with the church. The letters that he wrote to them were very personal in nature, had a lot of personal stuff. And in fact, the section of scripture that we're going to look at um, appears very much to be a reply to some sort of statement or question that that church in Corinth had sent to Paul. I want to show it to you. It's in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, and this is verse 12, and he quotes them. He says, I have the right to do anything you say. Well, who says? The church in Corinth. Somehow, they'd either written a letter to Paul or they sent a courier. Somehow, they had communicated that they believed that their freedom that they had found in Jesus allowed them to do anything. And Paul's responding to that. He's saying, listen, this is the kind of stuff that you're saying. You say, I have the right to do anything, but not everything is beneficial. He quotes him again. I have the right to do anything, but I will not be mastered by anything. It's interesting. If you follow the text down, Paul's going to start giving some examples of what it looks like in their lives to live in a way that honors God and not be trapped by certain habits. But one of the things that you'll find missing is you'll not find Paul arguing against the statement, I have the right to do anything. Paul grew up in a Jewish culture that emphasized rules of all kinds. A lot of man-made guidelines that you were required to follow. And, and Paul finally had freedom from that. He wasn't looking to start that up again. And he didn't want to kind of re-engage that with his church in Corinth, which would allow others to come in and say, oh, if you're following those rules, here's another set of rules you need to follow too. Paul was in alignment with them. They had freedom. They, they had some freedom to take on the habits that they were going to take on. But in light of that, Paul said there's some boundaries. Listen, all habits aren't bad. All habits aren't equally bad for everybody. Some of them are. Some of them are just out of bounds for everybody. But different people handle some things differently. And so Paul's saying, listen, there is a lot of freedom inside these two boundaries. And here they are. The first one, is this beneficial? Is this beneficial? Is this helpful for you? Is, is this good for your family? 
Does this help your coworkers live life better? Does it bring good into the world? Does it take advantage of anybody? Is, is this a beneficial thing for your teammates? Like the fact that you do this, is this adding value to the world that you live in? And then the second one, are you mastered by it? Does this thing have control over you? Like the, like the, the drugs did in that, that little video clip. That, does it have control over you? Then it's not just drugs. You have emotional responses that you just run to immediately and you soak in those every time a situation happens. Do you have attitudes that you gravitate, gravi gravitate, gravitate, I'm going to get it, gravitate to immediately. Like something happens and you show up with that attitude almost instantly. Why? Because something controls you. It's got you. Your responses are right there. One or both of these components happen in habits in our lives when they're out of bounds, when they become unhealthy, which is, which is a little easy to understand if you're mastered by something, right? If you're mastered by something, if something is controlling you, you could understand why that might be hard to give up. It would also explain why it would be hard to change because somehow you've been mastered by something. But the first one is a little more tricky. It says, um, is this beneficial? Why would anybody do anything that's not beneficial? Why would you, why would you do something in your life that looks like this? I mean, if you had a chance, would you take and drink some nice clean water? If you were thirsty, I would. Looks good. Right? That makes sense. But if you were to take some, some dirt and you were to mix that in, right? And then I would say, down the hatch for you, how many of you would comply? I doubt it, right? I mean, why would anybody in their right mind take a swig from that? And yet, this is what we do with habits in our lives all the time. So how can that happen? Well, there's two reasons. Either it masks itself as clean, and, it, and you're clueless as to what you're actually drinking. Like it's got a cover on it, and you think it's good, but it's not. Or forces have come into your life and have convinced you that what you're drinking is normal. That you ought to just take a swig because it's good for you. <coughs> it's not, right? <coughs> but yet, what I watch, what I have done, <coughs> mm, is I've taken swigs like that in my life and then turned around and tried to tell everybody it was delicious. Delicious. It's not. It's disgusting. But the reason I took it was because I thought it was normal. And I went for long periods of my life taking dirty water into my life as if 
it were clean. And if you're not careful, there's a chance you're doing the same thing. So if, if you were to prevent that from happening, what would you have to know? Well, you'd have to know, is this really beneficial or not? How? Well, I'm going to give you four questions that you can ask, four things that you can do that will help you stop and say, is what, is what I'm doing, is the habit that I've had in my life, is this beneficial? Is this actually, is this actually good for me, good for the people around me? And you can start by asking four questions. Here's the first one. This is a thing that you can do. Um, seek wisdom outside of you. See, you think what you're doing is normal. But um, when I swallowed that down, I heard some of you go, ew. Right? Uh, sometimes your friends, sometimes your family, sometimes people close to you, sometimes mentors, authority figures that God puts into your life can look at your life and they can say, whatever you're doing, it's not healthy. I can tell by looking. I can, I can tell what you're doing in your life right now isn't positive. In fact, in Proverbs chapter um, 27, there's a verse 6 that says something about how friends talk to us. And it says, wounds from a friend can be trusted. It goes on to say, an enemy multiplies kisses. They'll tell you all the stuff that you want to hear. But a friend will tell you the truth. And sometimes you need to just sit down and say, this is how I've been living. You, person who know me, that I trust, I know you love me, can you, can you give me the truth? Am I drinking dirty water or not? Am I doing something that's really unhealthy for my life? And people who love you will tell you the truth. Even if it hurts you, they'll tell you the truth. So start by seeking wisdom from outside of you. Because you think it's normal. You think it's natural. You think it's delicious. And it's not. The second thing you could do is you could seek some spiritual wisdom. Uh, the scriptures talk about knocking, asking, going to God for insight and wisdom. This, this would mean that you'd have to find some time in your life where you're quiet where you give God a shot at saying, hey, I want, I want to mess with you. I want to reveal some stuff that's going on at the core of who you are that's not healthy. It could be that it's a time where you sit down and you're looking in the scriptures and what you see there doesn't line up with what's in your life. And you realize, I'm out of sync. Something's not right. And you use that spiritual wisdom for this. Why, um, this one is the most important one. Because here's the... Here's the truth. Sometimes the spiritual wisdom will overrule the others in your lives. Because here's, here's the sad truth. The forces that happen in your life, those forces that we're talking about, some of those forces are friends. Some of those forces are family. They're not all family. They could be life experiences. They could be the community that you grew up in where you think things are normal. They could be words that have delivered into your life, even from a stranger. You take those words in and they shape who you are. All of that stuff is shaping for you. And sometimes the friends and family are the problem. And if you don't have God speaking truth into your life about what's healthy, what's good, 
You're going to listen to the voices that shape you. God uses people. There's no doubt about that. But sometimes people use that position of responsibility unwisely. And you need spiritual wisdom to understand what I'm doing is not healthy. Everybody in my family does it this way, but I, but I don't think that's healthy and I don't think I should do it. Everybody that I'm associated with on the team does it this way, but that's not what God says I should do. And so it, it sets the standard for what you should or shouldn't do. Are you seeking spiritual wisdom? Have you found an opportunity to hear from God? If not, you could end up drinking dirty water for a lifetime. The third thing, imagine taking God with you. Uh, back in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, after Paul talks about these um, boundaries being beneficial, not being mastered, he says this in verse 15. Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ himself? Don't you know if you've decided to follow after Jesus that the Spirit of God shows up with you and you take him with you wherever you go? What would happen if you started imagining your friend Jesus standing there with you as you spoke those words, as you delivered that attitude? What would you, what would you say to your friend Jesus as he looked at the thoughts that you had, the feelings and emotions that you kept quiet and inside, but he knows about. What would he say with the places that you would go and the things that you would do that your habits just kind of take you along and do? See, if you wouldn't take your friend Jesus into those places because it would harm your relationship with him, because it would harm him, then you then it's a trigger that helps you understand that maybe what I'm doing isn't healthy. If I wouldn't take my friend Jesus along, then why am I taking me along? Because I thought it was normal, maybe it's not. Maybe I need to come at this from a different way. And so Paul suggests, hey, do you understand? Your members, you're part of Jesus. Like the Spirit of God resides in your heart. And if you could keep that in mind, maybe you'd be able to answer the question, is this beneficial? Should I be doing this or not? Here's the fourth one. Are you growing or are you stagnant? See, if you feel like you're stuck, you haven't gotten anywhere in a long time, your life's in a rut, I want to suggest to you that that's not God. Um, even when you're struggling, even when you're in stuff that's hard, God's expanding your faith. He's challenging you. He's asking you for more, for better. And if you're unchanged, if you've been the same person for 10 years, and nothing's changed, nothing's different, you're just following the same patterns, something's wrong. And... And something is going on that might not be healthy. And you should check it out because God intends to grow who you are. If, if you want to figure out if a habit you have is beneficial or not, start seeking wisdom. Start 
figuring out if your friend Jesus, you would drag him along. Start looking at your life and seeing if it's stagnant or growing. And if you're answering these questions, if you're doing this kind of stuff, you'll start realizing that although forces have shaped what's normal, that you'll start to get an understanding of what needs to be dealt with, what can be changed. Now, here's the thing. We could spend a lot of time talking about how to change a habit, but I think most people have heard that before. You know you've got to put something good in place of something that's bad. I think the bigger problem is what do you do when you realize you're mastered by something? That's the second boundary. Paul said, yeah, you're free. You have the right to do this. But if you're mastered by it, you're in trouble. What's fascinating is Paul actually talked about this situation in his own life. He did it in Romans. It wasn't in Corinthians. But in Romans chapter 7, he says something that sounds a lot like us. He says this, For I do not do the good I want to do, but the evil I do not want to do, this I keep on doing. Like, I want to do what's right, but I keep doing what's wrong. By the way, this isn't, there's nothing masked here. He calls it evil. This evil that I don't want to do, that's what I keep doing. So it's not hidden from you at all. This one's out in the open. You're, you're doing something. You don't like doing it. You've tried to change, and you keep doing it anyway. And Paul says, listen, I'm doing the same thing too. The question is why? What's happening? Well, Paul reveals that. He says this in verse 22. For in my inner being, I delight in God's law. So inside of you, where you have those arguments about what to do, when to do it, how to do it. Something resonates with God. You know what's right. You know what's good. You know what's true. And it's clear to you, and you try to go and do it. In verse 23, but I see another law at work in me, waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner of the law of sin at work within me. Uh, Paul says, listen, you probably should know there's going to be a war that goes on inside of you when you decide to do what's right. Struggling in order to do something that honors God is normal. Struggling is normal. I think sometimes um, we step into a change that we want in our lives and we expected some headwind. But we didn't expect it to be a fight, a struggle, something that we're having to sweat and work at. And I, I just want to tell you, if it's true for Paul, why do you think it wouldn't be true for you? The reality is, anytime you want to do something that honors God, there's going to be a price that gets paid for that. And, and going against what you think is normal in your life to establish a different pattern that honors God is going to be a struggle. It's going to be hard. You should expect it. It doesn't mean you're broken. It doesn't mean that you can't do any better, that it's the best that you can do when you struggle and fail. It means it's a war. You're going to lose some battles, but get up and go. Keep fighting. The other thing he kind of reveals about this, this mastery problem is that we can become a prisoner due to our own choices. Yeah, those, 
those external forces maybe shaped what was normal, but then we started making choices about what was normal for our lives, and those caused us to be a prisoner. Like we're enslaved by that now. And it's why when you go to change, it becomes difficult because you're not just fighting the external forces anymore. Now you're fighting you, the story that you tell yourself about you. But here's the good news. If your choices can put you in a prison, your choices can move you out. You, you can do it. You, you can start making different choices. Yes, it's going to be a war. It's going to be hard. But your choices can work. Here, this is what um, Paul says about this. This is in verse 25. He says, thanks be to God who delivers me through Jesus Christ our Lord. Because... Jesus came into his life, he knew he had freedom. He could act on that freedom. He could make different choices. It wasn't on his own. He held on to God and said, listen, I've made a lot of bad ones. I've, I've built a prison for myself, but because you gave me freedom, you've given me some freedom, I can actually work my way out of the prison. And you can too. When we find these habits in our lives that have been maybe developed or placed there by forces and then we cooperate with them, we, we push up against those and we feel like this is the best I can do. I can't do any better. What I'm going to have to settle for is drinking dirty water for the rest of my life. And it's not who you were meant to be. God always had in mind that you would enter into a struggle, a fight, to create different habits, different patterns, based on what he says is normal. And despite the fact that all of these forces flowing into your life, you have the ability to stand. You can do it. You can break out of the prison. You can determine what's beneficial. And you can start making choices. You can start the struggle. It's normal. You should expect it. The, the question I have for you this morning, is there, is there a habit you've got going on in your life that you know has mastery over you? You're free to do that, but you're, you're losing out on the freedom that God always intended you to live with. And maybe it's time to get into the fight over that. Or have you been going about your life in such a way that you've never stopped to ask, is the way I'm choosing to live beneficial? Is there somebody that you need to go and sit down with, somebody who loves you and say, listen, this is what I'm doing. Do you think this is beneficial to my life? Do you think this is beneficial to my family? Do you think this is helpful? And get some wisdom. Put yourself before God. Because I, I'm telling you right now, the forces are at act on your life. They are flowing into your life constantly. And unless you're making choices about what you're actually going to do, they'll just help you find what's natural and normal. And you'll never ask what's healthy. And you'll go a lifetime drinking dirty water, living in a way that you were never meant to live. You were always meant for more. Let me pray for you.
God, we're so grateful that you love us. That ultimately, um, you walk alongside us, you see what goes on in our lives, and you know the struggles that we face. God, sometimes those struggles have caused us to just decide this is the best that we can do. I, I can't offer any more, I can't do any better, I'm stuck. People are just going to have to accept this bad and broken version of me. And God, I ask that you would help us to face the stuff that has mastery over us, that determines our attitudes, our emotional responses, that causes us to go to those websites, that has a, a foothold in our life. And God, I ask you would help us to fight, to struggle against that, to accept that it's going to be a long struggle, a hard-fought fight. God, for others, the truth is they've been doing stuff for so long that they thought was normal, that they thought was okay. They've never even considered if it's beneficial to their lives or not. And as they stop to do that, I ask that you would give them wisdom. Maybe give them wisdom through a friend. Maybe give them wisdom through your spirit to help them see this is not normal. This is not what you were meant for. God, our lives and the way we live it matter to you. And too many times we've taken down dirty water after dirty water and convinced ourselves that it's good, that it's tasty, it's fantastic. I just ask that you would help us face what's true so that we can start standing up to these shaping forces in a way that honors you with the way that we live. We love you. Will you help us to figure out, is what I'm doing beneficial? Am I mastered by this? Is this healthy? I ask you to help us answer those in Jesus' name. Amen.